Welcome everybody to The State, the podcast where we talk about the state of key issues inside of the church today. My name is Nathan Frankhauser, and with me today is the Adam Black. The Adam Black. <laughs> I like this. This is so much better than just Adam Black. It's I love the that introduction. Adam Black. Yes. So, uh, the Adam Black, and we are going to talk about the state of creativity in the church. Yes. Uh, this, to me... I, this is a big deal because I come from a, a church background all my life, raised in the church, and it feels as though creativity is something that is welcomed when it benefits the church and chucked when it's weird yes. or something that the church doesn't understand. 100%. Yeah. I, we, we were... We'll just jump right into this. Yes, I, I love it. I love it. So um, my wife and I, we were talking last night, and that was one of the things that we were talking about is that so many times in the church today, creativity is this beautiful thing, and there's a lot of creativity happening, but it's almost on a commercial scale. We're making things for this purpose, not to God. And okay. that, And that's like the huge shift of saying... We want this, but only if it matches up with what we want. Yeah, so that actually plays into worship specifically in that when I was coming up as a worship leader, one of the big, uh, I guess one of the big identifiers for for a successful worship pastor Mm -hmm. was that he had published songs, that he was on, you know, Vineyard Music or or one of these labels. And it became the objective of the worship leader to be creative in a commercially viable way, right. not just be creative, not just bring glory to God, as you just said, yeah. not just worship him, but write songs to make some money. Yes. And that just, wow. That, you know, that actually, it blows my mind because I actually completely forgot about that side of you. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> it's been a while. Because I, I knew that side right. very well. And right. that's something that, you know, I look at right now too so many times is, being a worship musician, so I'll just talk about music for a second. Being a worship musician, I see this constant flow of there's so much creativity happening, but it's also it's uh, kind of construed as um, replication, okay, and imitation yes. more than actual creativity in and of itself. Okay, it's so there's a creative response that's happening, and then how many people can duplicate that? And yes. I'm sitting there going. So where's the creative side of this anymore? Yeah. Because that's no longer creativity. Yeah. Instead of instead of different people over different geographic areas creating something that is unique to them, right. what we're all doing is copying the latest cool fad. Right. That's not creativity. Right. That's mimicking yeah. or Mim- something like mimicry, that. Mimicry, replication. Yeah. And and one of the things that I see and and I'll I'll pick on the the worship guitar player community for a second. Of course. Is um something that drives me crazy is seeing uh, pedal boards. So okay. for for those of you who aren't <laughs> aware that you know guitar players they also have pedal boards and that's basically how we generate our sounds. And doing so, there's so many effects that you can buy and then when you look at certain churches or whatnot and people are trying to replicate those sounds, it is you have to have this, you have to have this, you have to have this. So much so that I've seen churches start buying those pedals for other people and saying, you can't bring your own stuff here anymore. Yeah. And that is literally removing the person's heart, basically their expression from yeah. the equation. And it's, you have to do it this way. It's, now. It's, it's super dangerous because when you begin to quell creativity, mm-hmm. uh, it dries up. 
Yes. After a while, you 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 lose that mm-hmm. if you're not engaged in that uh, in a regular you know on a regular level. I, I see this same thing not not necessarily in the worship arena, but I see this in pastoral ministry. But this is going to sound strange, but it's uh, it's from an opposite direction, and that is there's an obsession with pastors that. They need to be creative in their sermons, mm-hmm. but the problem that we have is that, as Jude tells us, we are delivering the faith once delivered to all the saints. We're delivering an ancient truth. Right now, being creative in in how that hits your life, or maybe your own personal stories, and how that might illustrate the point mm-hmm. is okay. But there's a, there's got to be a balance. I, as far as I'm concerned, there's got to be a balance in creativity with what is what is new and what is sacred. Mm-hmm. There's there's got to be some balance inside that. It's a total sidetrack on that. But I see what you're saying from a very different angle yes. in pastoral ministry. It's it's very different. Yeah. And too many pastors are tempted to be so creative and so new mm-hmm. <laughs> that you actually don't know what truth they're preaching anymore. It's just nonsense. It's right. like, you know, it's just weird. Yeah, and, and you know, to tie that back in with the guitar thing, exactly what you're saying, I think there's a really fine line between honoring the original source. You know, in this right case, on. it's like, you know, a song that's written honoring that song. is like, oh, this is how it should be done. Because, you know, if I wrote a song and somebody just went and did it a completely different way. Of course. I would feel some sort of way of like, well, that's not how I wrote oh, it. Right. So I think there's something to that, but also at the same time making it their own just a little so, bit. So effectively, these. we have the same thing uh, yeah. in that... Even in music, there are rules. Yeah, we we say rules, but there right. you know there are there are certain set of notes and certain chords that work inside of a certain yeah. key. Yes, and so you have a parameter. Uh, but getting creative inside of that is fun. When you get up on stage and you guys are singing a particular song, you don't want everybody just winging it and going off. The handle, yes, right? It's completely. like, no, 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 we have a parameter. It's called this song, and you need to play that. But within that, there is a creative expression on how to do that. Songwriters, they, you know, they've been creative in this. And then those are the rules. So you're giving that to people and saying, there is a structure here. Right. There is something you should stay true to. Right. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, I think it's definitely one of those things, too. It's like what we're talking about right now is also finished products. So this is this is the finished product being a creative, uh, you know, release. But it's an entirely different situation when it comes to how did we get to this finished product? Yeah, how did we get to this? And I think it definitely comes down to a lot of the times those finished products were made because we wanted just the finished product instead of the expression to get that's fantastic. there. Fantastic. And, and that's something that I really I like to focus on a lot of. Yeah. This is what draws me out of my bubble. This is what draws me out of my comfort zone and closer into who God is. Yeah. Uh, of when I get to say, no, this came from me and I'm giving it to you right. rather than me saying, I made this. This is a finished product. This is how we're going to do it. And we're doing it for the church. Right. You know, it's, right. A big, it's a big difference. So, so walk me through something because it's bringing a question to my mind. And that is, what, are, what can we do? to get finished product out of our mind and get back to that kind of genesis stage of creativity. That's a hard place to get to. I, what I, can we do? I love this. So I, 
the answer is I don't know. Okay. Like the, <laughs> right. the fully thing. Yeah. But I was thinking about this last night and in, in talking about how, how Jesus was really the most creative person kind of ever to live. Of course. You know? And we were talking about in um, how Jesus spoke in parables. And part of that was the message was never fully given. And it, it gave the, uh, the person to hear that message the ability to come up with those answers, to search yes. for those answers, yes. to find those answers. And he did that for a reason. Yes. So we could find those answers. So it's not just freely given. And, um, and what came out of that was this whole image I had of if Jesus just gave us this beautiful masterpiece, this beautiful painted picture, we now have the choice to say, I like it. Or I don't like it and I'm out of there. Right. Rather than a parable being more like a connect the dots painting where it is, oh, I got this point and then I heard it, you know, a year later and something changed and I was able to connect that dot to this dot and you reveal this masterpiece. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to get to that point of the expression of creativity and for us to grow in that is to realize more things are connected out to pieces yeah. than a finished product. Absolutely. And, and there's something that's always um, evolving in our creative processes too. So uh, we just talked about this, a song that I wrote. You asked me if I did something different. I think, I, I didn't think I wrote anything different, but obviously over the course of nine years or whatever it's been, something changed in it of course and it it was seldom to me and a bigger difference to you and it's it's that connecting the dot of this is not what it was but i like it more now yeah i think as you bring in the parable piece as well as uh combining that with an old song that you wrote Mm -hmm. but a new spin to it or a new way to do it one of the most important things that i think we can do to get back to the genesis of creativity not with the end in mind but just with the let's just be expressive, let's just create things, is to come at it with a sense of humility. Mm-hmm. Those people who approached Jesus, his disciples specifically, uh, who approached parables with a humble heart, mm-hmm. a seeking heart, sought the the connect the dots points, as you put it, right? They, right. they, they were like, okay, so this point's here, is the, so that's one, but I've got to make a connection from one to two. Is two up here or is two down here? And so they were humble and they were they were uh, they were coming at it afresh. Yes. I think with old songs and new writing, mm-hmm. we have to come back to the table. Like we have to we have to suspend the finished product. And this mm-hmm. is hard to do as a songwriter. Yeah, it is. Suspend the finished product. Come back to the beginning and say, Well, what happens if I threw that completely away? Mm-hmm. What, what would I do here? Not thinking end in mind, but thinking creatively in mind. I think it's the same thing as, as parables. We have to be humble. We have to come back to this kind of infancy stage where we say, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure this out. I want to explore it again and yeah. new. And I think that is lacking. Yes. It seems in the church. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, to add to that is, yes, being humble, but also being hungry. Okay. You know, like we need to want to go after that. Yes. Like we need to not be just, uh, you know, happy where we are. Right. We want to seek more of who Jesus is. Wanting the, the hunger of, of course the father, right. But mm-hmm. the, the hunger of the creative process too, in creativity, mm-hmm. the hunger of the creative process, not just the hunger of the finished product. Correct. Right. Be, so that's you know, huge. cause I, I think, uh, so again, me and my wife were talking and one of the things that I thought of was one of my favorite quotes for creativity is, uh, from Pablo Picasso. 
And if you look at his career as an artist, he starts off as a very traditional style painter and then turns into what we kind of saw at the end result right. of, of the kind of crazy, you know, over-the-top art. And one of the quotes he says is, creativity will find you, but it must find you working. And it's just this beautiful quote of saying, yeah, like we all want this. We all strive for this creative process, but none of us want to stay in that process. Yeah, yeah. And like we have to continue at this and grow. And so that leads me to this is one of the things that I think the church does. And, and I love this person so much, Bob Ross. Okay. The painter Bob Ross. I love Happy him. Trees. Yeah, and this is my wife Brittany, she's the one that brought this one up. Is that so many times in the church we look at creativity and we look at it from a Bob Ross perspective of yes, this is great. We want you to do this. This is gonna be fantastic. Bob Ross is one of the most influential painters, actually. And people start learning how to do that. They learn how to paint like that, and it's great. But it never progresses into what they can become. It becomes what it, little Bob Ross duplicates. Yes. And that goes kind of back to our first point. But then the more we work at it, the more we do this is, yeah, you're making a beautiful product. You're making this. This is fantastic. We hope your heart's in the right spot. But also, if you keep doing this, it probably is going to change. It's going to transform. Yeah. And that's what I want to see more of in the church in particular of, let's not just write this song for our church of you know 500 people. Right, right. Let's write this song for... Jesus, you know, let's like direct Novel it. idea. Yeah, like let's direct it directly <laughs> to the source and then watch that come around and affect the world. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think part of that is, is letting, giving our creative uh, structure into the hands of the ultimate creator. Mm -hmm. That is a hard thing to do, yeah. right? How easy is, is it for you, especially a songwriter, like we can talk about this very uh, affectionately, a songwriter to give your song over to another songwriter and say, make this better, right? Rewrite this, help me write. That's really hard. It's really hard for us sometimes to mm -hmm. give our creative, uh, you know, products, if you will, over to the creator of the universe and say, you do with it what you will. Right. We're, we're like, no, 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 God, I don't need your help. I got right. this. <laughs> right? right. And he's going, no, you don't got this. Right. So I think there's something important to that. I want to I want to go to a point that the quote that you made, this is going to on its surface, it's going to sound uh, contradictory, but it actually falls right in line with this. Your quote was that uh, you need to be found working. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Albert Einstein said creativity is the residue of time wasted. It's the residue of time wasted. He doesn't mean when you waste time, you're creative. He means when you just disengage from work all the time. Yeah. And then you refocus your work, mm -hmm. be found working on creative ventures, uh, that creative creativity is the residue. We live in the most busy culture right. ever. Right. So how in the world are we ever going to hope to reclaim creativity inside of the church mm -hmm. if we won't just slow the heck down? Right. Like that's that's a problem, right? Yeah. I mean I mean, I, I mean, one of the, I mean, like for me personally, one of the most creative times in my life is, and I say this like it's a past thing, it's, a, <laughs> it's, an on, it's an ongoing thing, is when I can actually just sit back, put in some headphones and listen to music and drink a cup of coffee by myself. Those are okay. literally the most creative times. And it's, it goes to exactly what you just said of the world's so busy 
that we get so wrapped up into this and all of a sudden it's, oh, I'm working on this project, but I just got a text message. Right. Or I heard a plane even fly overhead and then I'm distracted from that. And we, we never can get into that alone time. And I think there's something about that, about, you know, kind of secret place. Very much. <laughs> you know, I think Very there's much. something about that. And, uh, but to go back even a little bit further to combat what you said a bit about how it's difficult to give things over to, you know, songwriters right. and, and ultimately give it to God. I personally find that it gets easier and easier the more we do it. Though. Absolutely. And and what once was a prideful holding on to your precious, yes. right? <laughs> you know, yep. uh, holding on to this becomes a if my if this can be better, then I gladly surrender it. Absolutely. That's and and that's kind of where I, where I get to because the more we do that and the more we realize it's, you know, it might be our thing, our yeah. finished product. But the more we realize it's kind of a team sport, yes, and we sit there and go, okay, I'm giving this to you. You're making this better. It then frees our mind to give that to God even more, and then frees our mind to go through the process a right. second time, yeah. and then a third time, and a fourth time. Yeah. Because now we're sitting there going, oh, this is going to be great, and I can hand it off to this person, or I can hold on to it, or I'm learning from the person that Absolutely. I'm handing it off to, and I'm able to apply those things yeah. myself. So. One of the things uh, Charlie Hines friend and worship leader, uh, said to me one time, he said, the best songs are written and then they're rewritten. Mm -hmm. And, and that like giving something over, you, you can have it, it can be your baby. It can be precious to you. And, and you have spent the time in the writing, but now you need to allow it to be rewritten. And mm -hmm. that in my opinion, but of course it's over years and time of this, in my opinion is better done with a new creative uh, process a new set of ears, a new set right. of eyes on the particular yeah. uh, product. So, um, yeah, I think I think all of these things are are huge in creativity, and there's there's so much to to think about. Um, if I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about ways to get back to that Genesis mode, uh, sometimes the best thing that I can do is observe somebody being creative in the process. Mm -hmm. But that's a challenge because I think, so I'm going somewhere with this crazy train of thought, but mm -hmm. observing somebody in the creative process. The problem though is that we are, um, we're so afraid of failure that we don't allow people to see the process. Correct. We only allow them to see the product. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if we were if we were more willing to be vulnerable, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like this podcast where we jump out there. There's no script. We're just, we're just having a conversation. There can be awesome points. There can be points that people are like, meh, right. whatever. Um, but we're allowing people both insight into the, both insight into the product as they see it finally done, but also in the process, how we're just having this conversation and doing that. We have to get to this place where we're not, where we're not afraid of failure any longer, where we just, we kind of, st okay, I'm going to fail. I'm going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do perfect all the time, mm -hmm. but uh, it will result in good things if you'll just keep at it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, that's actually a, it's a really deep point because I see it all the time when I'm working with bands and, and we do like our mic checks in the beginning and 
it's a creative process to rehearse. And, uh, you know, one of the things is like, hey, sing into your, sing into your microphone. And you're like, da, 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 da. and then the next person goes sing into your microphone and they shut down. Because they're like, well, I can't. All by myself? Yeah, by myself. And what song do you want me to sing? And it becomes this whole pro, And it happens every time, no matter who the person is. And I'm just thinking, like, we need to be able to accept that as, as creatives, as musicians or artists or whatever it is, too, that we are all that person. Yeah. And we're not judging that person for if they mess up a bad note right there. Right. And I think to kind of get back to that root, too, is, uh, you know, of how to help people be creative is to... Let them know we're not judging the mistakes, right. you know, up, up before then. And unfortunately, some people do in the world. Yeah. They look at it. I mean, look at like American Idol and they make, you know, make jokes about it of and course. everything. Of course. So like that is a real thing. But when you get into a community of trying to help people and we're talking about the church, we really should be, hey, you're not here yet, but that's okay. We're yeah. going to, we're going to get there together. But I also just keep thinking about how, um, how in that process, you have, we're talking about music, we're talking yeah. about art and everything, but creativity in itself is just, hey, I had a really interesting thought today. Right. Or, you know, it's not just what we think creativity is and all that. It's not just art. Yes. And when we start applying that in every aspect of our life and we realize, hey, I made a, I made a pretty cool decision in my head, but then the finished result's not that good. <laughs> You know, they, they think like, oh, that was, that was not good on my end. And then they get kind of beat down on that. But the more they do it, the more they, they grow and they change. It's, yeah. Again, it's the Pablo Picasso starting on one thing, ending on a completely different situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think the old, the old quote, you and I talked about it last week, which was, um, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to we have to embrace that. That fits in with this, <laughs> fits, yes. Right? We have to em- embrace that. We have to be willing to do something poorly in the beginning uh, because over time you hone your craft, you get better at it. Mm-hmm. We've got to stay away from being, we've, we've got to uh, um, We've got to not be so afraid of failure. Uh, one thing that has just been hitting my heart a lot over the past week is we have begun, we've stopped using failure as a noun and started using it as an adjective. So we say of people, you're a failure, mm-hmm. when maybe at best what is true is, well, in this area you have failed, but that's a temporary thing. Right. You're a failure is a, an identity of a person, yes. right? And so we we keep using failure as an adjective. And so we, you know, like if you say he is creative, you're saying something about that person. It's definitive. It's who they are. Right. When you say he is a failure, you're, you're putting an exclamation right. point on the character instead of using it as a noun, like it should be. And, and just simply saying, okay, so in this thing you failed. Okay. Big deal. Right. Right. Get back up. Take a step forward. You know, I have four little girls. Mm -hmm. They fail a lot. Okay. They make all kinds of mistakes, but they're not failures. Right. The creative world today, a lot of, okay. So a lot of people, as I see it, never venture into creativity Mm -hmm. because they're too afraid of being a failure. Yes. What they need to be told is you will fail. Right. No big deal. But you're not a failure. Right. And I, I think there's a shift there that can happen instantaneously in somebody's head, too, of saying, all right, let's think outside of the box. Hmm. This is not a failure. This is a 
this is a way not to do it next time. You know, <laughs> right? I, to me, I mean, to me, that's that's a creative thought process, though, of saying, of uh, you know, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. No, no, I just figured out how not to do it. And I think there's that old saying of like. Thomas Edison tried, you know, 3,000 different ways before he got the light bulb. Right. He found 3,000 ways not to do it. Yes. And, you know, when we have that thought process of saying, you know, I'm not a failure. I didn't mess up 3,000 times. I just found ways not to do it. Right. You know, How do you change that mindset? Like that, if we could answer one question, that would be unbelievable. Like, that's what people struggle with. How do I change the mindset? Because all I feel is that I'm a failure. Right. And I want to change the mindset to say, okay, that was just one way not to do it. Let's, um, let's go forward. How do we do it? It's really difficult because for me, I was born with it. You know, okay. I, I kind of, I've kind of always had that attitude. But I've learned that when I became an adult and going into that, that kind of sunk in more. That's like, oh, I'm a failure. I got to do it this way. And when I surrounded myself with people that encouraged me, though, yeah. it then changed the entire game of saying, no, 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 this, this person's lifting me up when I'm kicking myself. So, I mean, if there's anything to change that thought process, I would say surround yourself with people, you know, in this sense, like-minded who are willing to go with you that extra mile. Absolutely. Um, but also, I mean, God transforms our minds, too. Right. And, you know, there were so many times in my in my life, too, where... I'd think something and then God says, no, stop that. That's not who you are. That's not who I've yeah. called you to be. So there, there's the two things there. Yeah, that, it's you know, tension. Yeah, they are. But community, again, is community, encouraging community. We yeah. can have discouraging community. Yeah, we should yeah. probably avoid that yep. as much as we can. Encouraging community is a really solid answer to this question because uh, I was raised in a very good family, a, a fun family in which my mom and my dad were always the people that said, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Right. They never told me that I could do anything well. <laughs> they just simply said I could do anything. <laughs> right. And so I tackled all of the things that like something came my way. I'm like, oh, well, I'll give it a shot. Right. I've learned over my life things I do well and mm -hmm. things that I'm just not so great at, but uh, having that encouragement growing up, you can do it. Just go for it. Try it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, it was, it was, so encouragement is to build courage into a person. Mm -hmm. It's not to compliment them. Right. We, we're obsessed with compliments. So we, we say you're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it. People like you, right? right we got, right, we got right. this Stuart Smalley approach to life, but encouragement says, um, okay, let me build some courage into you. Let me show you how tackling this again will garner better results this time. Mm -hmm. You do it again and do it again and do it again. Be found working. Just, just put it, put in effort. My mom and dad always were like, you can do, you can do anything that you put your mind to just keep at it. Just mm -hmm. keep pushing forward. That was huge for me. That was an encouraging community. Yes. So with my daughters, here's my huge uh, challenge as a dad is that I want to encourage them. And at the same time, I'm their dad trying to tell them what to do and what not to do. Right. And I have found that it is very easy and probably applies to friendship too, but very easy as a father to skip past the encouragement phase and into the, yeah, yeah. here's what you shouldn't do. Right. Here's right. just knock it off phase. Right. right. How do we like, we got to combat that as friends where yeah. we're like, okay, I want to encourage you. And then I'm going to take a step back when I'm getting a yeah. little too, yeah, I fail at that all the time as right. a friend. You know? Yeah, you know? it's challenging, right? Yeah, because it's much easier. Everybody's a critic, 
and it's easy to be a critic. Yeah. It's easy to go wrong, <laughs> wrong, right. wrong. Uh, it's, it's much more complex. It's much more nuanced to say, here's how you might do better right. at this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way of not doing it. Here's a way you might try. Let's, right. let's give it a shot. So let's, let's move to this because I think this is an important idea. Why are certain things uh, with respect to creativity, why are certain creative uh, expressions welcome in the church and others shunned in the church? So, for example, music makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, rhetoric, the ability to speak, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Uh, painting a picture. Well, you, you're just a painter. Right. Photography. Eh, you're just a photographer. Right. Why is? What sense does that make? Why right. is that not so accepted in the church? Right. Where these things are. Right. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a huge question that I, I really don't right. know. I want the to. answer right now. I, I know. <laughs> you, you know, because you know, I think about that. So just you know, in the music aspect, I always think of we love songs in the church and then some people will leave the church and listen to some just complete garbage or, you know, or whatever it is. But then when we try to make, you know, you know, better terms, a Christian version of that, like a rock and roll, you know, right, very contemporary, right. it can then also be rejected then like, Hey, this song sounds just like this song that you knew from the seventies, right. but you hate it in the church. Right. And, and that's always been like a mind boggling thing to me. And I think because we, we, we've put God on this pedestal of saying he is so much different that the world can't look like him. And that's 100% true, but also not true because he made all these things and we get to sit there and say, no, I'm giving this to God instead of giving this to the world, giving this to the devil. And I think it really kind of gets to this point of, some people just, they, they can't disassociate certain things with what they've known from the past. Of course. And I think that's really why things get rejected because, you know, photography, you said, is it's a harder thing for people to associate worship with. But I've been, I've cried over photos. I've had emotional reactions. Yes. Same with paintings, Absolutely. you know, same with sculptures or, or whatever it is. And I can see God in those things. Yes. Yeah. And... You know, I obviously I think that comes from you know me being an artist myself, uh, which is a huge thing. But also the education behind it and knowing what goes into it and seeing what the person's picture was. Right. Because songs and and messages, they're just given to us. Yeah. This here's the finished product. But I love the art side of it because it's a little bit more of the connecting the dots. No doubt. Like, why did this happen this way? Well, here it is. Right. And then when people learn that, I think it would be more accepted in the church. Yeah. I really do. A couple of couple of points as you as you're saying that, just like hitting my head is number one. Let's go back to the creation order of things. God creates the heavens and the earth. Right. Right. He's so Genesis one through Genesis three. We're we're watching this thing play out. And he does not step back and call it all like very good until he's completed men with women. This is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I am not very good without my wife. But anyway, so the point is, so he's he's creating all of this. There's this process and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And yet it's beautiful in the stages of the process. Yes. But it is very good at the end of the process. So I, I love that. I love the creative work going into it. There's something about that that is all inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think the creative people inside of the church need to realize they're, they're operating in the image they bear mm-hmm. when they're creating. 
because yeah. we are creation order beings that have the image of our creator, which means we're creators. Yes. Okay. So that like, that's a, that's a huge deal. Probably spend hours talking about that subject. And then, um, just had a brain fart on what that second one was, but it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll no, get back to it. That's a huge deal, though. Yeah. Like, creation order is a big deal. Yeah, well, I, as soon as you are saying that, I was thinking, you know, all these terms and everything pop in my head. But, you know, we are supposed to create. We're not necessarily just deliverers, you know? Okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I think so many times in the church is, I created this over here, outside of the church, outside of this. Here's a finished product. Right. Rather than saying, like, one of, one of my favorite things, and this has moved me, is is going to a church that has the painters in the church, like prophetic painters during worship and whatnot. And the first time I saw it, I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Of course. Because in my head, I'm going, you know how long it takes to paint a painting? Right. Like, it's not a five-minute song. This is going to be days and days and days. <laughs> and uh, and then we were at a conference one time, and this is my thought process. This is stupid, watching this painting. By the end of the conference, I saw the picture come together. And it was a representation of like every single thing I felt that weekend mm-hmm. and every single thing that I grew in. And I cried. I yeah. was like all over the place. And I was just like, this is something that we need to understand of it might look like something, but it will change yes. the further we go with it. Yeah. We can't just sit there as a church and go, I don't like that. It's never coming back in right. these doors again. We need to give it the opportunity to yes. grow. Absolutely. I, I, I thought about the idea, which was you had mentioned before, you know, uh, a photographer or an artist as they're painting something. Think about this just for a second. We, we have the word of God, which communicates to us the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. It also communicates to us, uh, his nature, his, the beauty of his nature to do what it hopes to provoke us to worship. Right. When you take a photo of something, how is that any different? I'm not saying that it's it's inspired like the scripture. I'm simply right. saying that as the writer of scripture, we'll talk whatever writer it would be, as the writer of scripture is conveying the beauty of creation, mm-hmm. the beauty of the, the trees and the mountains and all of this other stuff, a photograph does that to me. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. So when I look at a photograph, I'm like, wow, that is God, right? Mm-hmm. Scripture talks about... Um, the the creation has given us no excuse mm-hmm. to uh, discount God or to write him off. Right. He, he is evident because of what we've done. These creative expressions, I believe, are necessary in the church alongside music and alongside writing and alongside preaching. They're, they're necessary in the church because if done right, they magnify God yes. in our minds. Yes. We go, who creates mountains? I mean, seriously, who creates mountains? Right. God does. He's worthy of worship. And then we start to praise him for that. Right. Um, but we, we've, we've kind of put those things off. We've, we've gone to a kind of an amateur look at it and we've said, well, it's just a photograph. It's mm-hmm. just a photograph. Right. It's you're, you have literally captured God's creation. Right. It's nothing is just a photograph. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it's challenging. I mean, to me, that's that's also the the um, the desensitization of the world that we live in, though. Too of we see something and we just write it off. And I mean, I ha- it happens to all of us every yeah. single day. I mean, how many times can I walk by something and just not even care that it's there? Yeah. But then 
what if it was the most magnificent thing in the world and I just kept walking by it? Right. You know, I, I think that the growth comes and the, the expression and the, uh, the worship comes when we are walking in it, though. Yeah. When we see it, when we understand things. And I was just thinking about uh, in the church, I think as creative people, we have to fight for it, too. In the world that we live in, when there are so many people that go, it just doesn't matter. That doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. Like we have to fight right. for it a little right. bit. And I think that there's so many times that churches will just they give up that fight because they go, well, the church doesn't really like what we're doing with painting or whatnot, so right. we're just gonna go ahead and get rid of it. Don't you feel that some of this has to do with um, some of this has to do with uh, the different components that make up the body of Christ? Some people may be deeply into mm-hmm. painting. Yeah. And some people might have, like they get nothing from a painting. Right. There's, we've got to be careful not to make value judgments on either side of that. Paintings are necessary and therefore, you know, we must have a painter in church or paintings are unnecessary and this has no place in the church. It's simply the way God has wired you mm-hmm. and what speaks to you. And therefore, just like the hand and the foot and the, you know, the nose and the mouth and the ears of the body of Christ, they serve different roles, different functions. And there's value yes. in that. Yes. Uh, we, we're so homogenous in everything. Everything has to be the same. Mm-hmm. So, so Adam, you want to bring songs to it? That's fine. As long as you sound like. Right. No, actually, let him let him be yep. this kind of creative person that he is, and and let God take that creative thing and mm-hmm. do with it what He will. Yep. Does that mean it'll have uh, you know commercial success? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But the point is, you turn that creative thing over to God. Let Him do it. Yep. Uh, you know, Aunt Susie wants to paint in the church. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Turn it over to God. Let. God do with it what he 100%. wants. 100%. I literally think, and, and this gentleman goes to the church uh, here now, but one of the things that always sticks out to me is the heart is so important in all of this. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm a believer that when, when the heart lines up with whatever that art piece is, the heart's going to come through more than the art. Yeah. And one of the things that I think of is in, in the commercial world that we live in today, we, we've seen so many times of, it has to sound this way, it has to do this. But I'll never forget seeing a big man, a big grown bearded man, cry when he went to Africa and said, I saw kids beating on the ground with sticks. And that changed his entire perception of what worship is. And I'm right. just sitting there going, yeah, it didn't matter what this is. It mattered about the process of getting there. Yeah. All they had was sticks to worship with. Yeah. And they did it. And it was beautiful. Yes. We've been given this array of instruments and these blessings and, and curses sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've been given this to represent all these things. And then we've taken it and said, it has to be this way, though. What happens if we all brought sticks back? Yeah. You know, that changes the entire aspect of what worship is, but then also what creativity looks like. Yeah. Because Absolutely. now we, now it's, we're, we're, quote, dumbing it down a little bit, and that changes everything. It's interesting because this brings up a skillful component to any kind of creative form, especially worship. You know, you and I have had this conversation a lot where we know David says, play skillfully unto the Lord. We don't don't have a problem with that. Right. Um, So we're not saying by everybody, you know, be creative in the way God has made you um, just... 
try something and let it be awful. That's not the point. But whatever you do have, give it your best. Yes. Give it everything you got. Yeah. And so for these children in another country, maybe it's sticks. Maybe it's percussion mm -hmm. and they just, they give it everything they have. That's, it's just fascinating to them. Um, for us, whatever we have, yeah, it's fancy instruments, or maybe we dumb it all down mm -hmm. to the most simplistic basics. We still have a responsibility, I believe, to offer God what costs us something. Yep. We need to play skillfully to yep. him. Thoughts on that? Because, I mean, that's a, it's kind of a yeah, weird I, side point. Uh, I, I quote Rick Pino on this. He's a, he's a musician. And he said that the world has, the world is so focused on the art that we've lost the heart. And the church is so focused on the heart that we've lost the art. Yeah. And he said that there's, it has to be both. It has to be a balance of both because we are supposed to play skillfully before the Lord. Right. You know, there's a scripture, um, I'm not sure exactly where it says, but it says the skillful musicians and the skillful artists are going to be the ones that perform before the king. Right. And, and, you know, in that context, they're, yeah. you know, they're talking about, yeah. hey, if you want a, a seat right next to this, you got to kind of show your, here's what you're going to yeah, do. You got to do it a little yeah. bit. And that doesn't mean that the people that are just starting off don't get to perform before the king. Right, right. It's just, you should, you should want to get better each time because he's worthy of it. Yeah. You're going to give it your all. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think creativity in other forms besides music or rhetoric, preaching, things like this, um, writing, I think worship and other forms need a place in the church. But the question that arises is, is that place always on a Sunday morning? That's a, yeah. that's an important question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that, that we tend to say that which happens on Sunday morning, Sunday morning is of greater value, mm -hmm. but I'm not so sure that's the right way to look at it. I think what happens on Sunday morning is to accomplish a certain objective. Mm -hmm. And we, we do certain creative forms to accomplish that certain objective. I think people who are constantly obsessed with everything being jammed in on a Sunday have missed that we're supposed to be a seven-day-a-week people. Right. We're supposed to be creative on Monday mm -hmm. just as much as we're creative on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so... I don't know. Think of, give give some thoughts on this idea of uh, of creativity, different forms, and on Sunday morning. What's the place? What's not the place? How does that work in your mind? I mean, instantly though, I'm just thinking of the biggest transformations I have in my life. Let's just say Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. <laughs> okay. Just whatever it is, because that's me saying I'm preparing for Sunday morning. Okay, right on. You know, and I think that we like you just said, we're, we're a seven day a week people, but we try to cram it all in on Sunday so that, well, we'll go through our week and then we'll come back on Sunday rather than saying, I learned this on Sunday. I'm going to apply it to Monday through Saturday, see what happens so that I can bring it Sunday for the next one and that continual growth. And for me, this really interesting thing happens is, you know, you know, church is a, it's a holy place. It's we need to be reverent in, in what we do in our actions. And then Monday comes along, and we're like, yeah, blah blah blah. And right. you know, we're just we're back at our own banter, um, in, in most cases. But I find that when you talk about um, you know creative aspects to get people's you know thought process going, one of my favorite things, and again, just being a songwriter, is hey, just open up that science fiction book that you're reading and open up that thesaurus, put something together, and write a song. 
Right. Just do it. Just just do it. And then the people are like, wait, what are you talking about? And I just trust me on this one. Do it. Write a song based off of that passage in that book that you just read or the word that matches up with here. And then watch what happens. And then their songwriting process changes. And then their art process changes. And then they go, oh, I'm doing all of this throughout the week that inspires me to do something different on Sundays. And I think that it really comes down to we are not just a Sunday culture, yes. but we've, we're treating it like one. Yeah. Uh, I, I think right along with this takes us back to something we talked about in the beginning, and that is the process is just as creative as the product is creative. Yeah. Um, and we don't come in on Sunday morning and say, like, just think about it logically. We don't come in on Sunday morning and say, write the worship songs for us right. this morning. Right. So in effect, that creative process is not welcomed on Sunday. Right. Because Sunday is not for the creative side of creation. It's for the creative side of expression. Yes. Right. So, so, and, and that's not to say you can't have a painter on a Sunday morning. That's, that's pretty awesome. But the, the idea though, is that the process is creative. The product is creative. Um, both of those are equally as valued, equally as creative. Mm -hmm. And yet they, they happen over periods of time. They happen, whatever. Right. So may, say you're a, you're a, a designer in, who cares? You know, maybe you're a, a home interior designer. Your creative process is never going to happen on a Sunday morning in the church walls. Right. It doesn't mean there's no place for you in the church. Right. It just means there's, that's not <laughs> what's right. happening right now. Right. Um, maybe you could get involved with your church and help them decorate, you mm -hmm. know, so, so that people could benefit from yep. your creative ability on a Sunday morning. But I, I think we've, we've missed that the process is creativity just as much as the product is. Yeah. And, and so, but we're obsessed with products in our culture and yep. we want the final thing. And that's just the way it yeah, goes. I mean, so. we, we glorify the finished product of, you know, it's got sequence on it and it's, you know, it's shiny and bright. And then we look at the other thing and we go, that's work. Yeah. You know, the yeah. creative process is work and they're not wrong, yeah. but work is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm just yeah. wondering why you drew out sequence. It's just I, scaring me. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, a little bit. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. So I think we've gotten uh, a lot covered in this and it's been a fun conversation. I think yeah. there's probably about seven more hours that we could I go could, on. I this. could probably talk so, for about 30. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, this has been a fun time. If you want more, uh, more content from Adam, you can check him out on YouTube at the Adam black. He is uh, awesome and funny. Uh, if you like more content like this on the state, please just click that subscribe button and hit the bell icon so that you can be informed when new content posts. That's it for today. Thanks for watching the state.